Hi folks, this is Bud Hughes, and it's time to raise the door on another edition of Bud's Garage. Hang on, you're now part of the fastest hour in radio, presented by Complete Auto Parts and Oakwood Tire and more. Locally owned family businesses with over 120 years of combined experience. CarQuest nationally branded auto parts and warranties, and Oakwood Tire's wide selection of the best tire brands available. Local professionals to help you find the parts or tires you need, help you get them installed, and back on the road with a smile. Find out more at completeautoparts.net or oakwoodtire.com. On today's show, custom ordering your next work truck, NASCAR talk with America's crew chief, Larry McReynolds, fake EV plugs and road testing the new E-Ray Corvette. All that and a whole bunch more informative automotive buffoonery with Bud and guest host Cody Dinsmore right now on North Georgia's News Talk, WDUN. Welcome in, folks. This is Bud Hughes, resident car nut, and Cody Dinsmore, guest co-host today. Cody, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, Bud. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, man, we got beautiful weather going on. Colorful leaves. <laughs> a friend of mine Facebooked me and said, uh, unfortunately, he says, fall is here. Unfortunately, if you live in the mountains, so are the leaf lookers. Did you drive around last weekend? Uh, I did. I was one of the leaf uh-huh. lookers in my own hometown. <laughs> and uh, I tell you what, I think half of North Atlanta was in Dawsonville and Dahlonega this last oh, yeah. weekend. Yeah. It's not going to be any better this weekend either. Uh, going on right now is the Moonshine Festival. Uh, today is the car show portion of it. They've already had the uh, race car parade. Tell us a little bit about the the car show up at the uh, Georgia Racing Hall of Fame? Well, the the Moonshine Festival for me is like my Christmas. It's uh, such a fun time, and I, th- I think I've been there every year since I was probably four or five years old. But uh, if you have never seen a large enough collection of 40 Fords, I mean, <laughs> I remember David Pearson used to come, and he said, I didn't even know they made this many of them. <laughs> um, but it is such a cool car show. It's not just your standard uh, car show, muscle cars. It's everything. There is uh, all kinds of oddball there's stuff. There's cab over trucks. There's cab there's, over yeah, there's, trucks. There's cool moonshine stuff. cars. There's uh, I've seen Buicks and Packards and Hudsons and uh, even some Continentals. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know where there's a Continental. Yeah. Is it going to make it to the show? Uh, hopefully. Hopefully. Okay. Yeah. Tell us about your Continental. Uh, it was made in 1956, Continental Mark II. Uh, they made about 3,000 of them in the first uh, year of production. Or, and it's a two-door, right? It's a two-door That's Continental. That's so cool. It was the oldest or the most expensive car you could buy in the United States in 1956. It cost $10,000. Wow. $10,000 back then? Back then. And uh, I believe a normal fare lane was around the twenty. Two twenty-four hundred dollar range. Normal house was ten thousand dollars <laughs> yeah, yeah. back in that point in time. Uh, the SCCA Region Finals are going on at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta, November third through fifth. So that's coming up next weekend already. It's crazy that it's we're in November. <laughs> it's crazy because it feels like we just come off of Petit Le Mans. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Northeast Georgia Swap Meet will be November eleventh, and the Secret Santa Car Show. Toy shopping Saturday will be November 19th. Um, that's the Saturday before Thanksgiving. We'll give you some more info on that because that's a lot of fun to do. You, you show up, they give you a, a list of clothes, toys, whatever, for the appropriate age um, person that's in Oakwood, child in Oakwood. And, you know, it, it all benefits the kids in Oakwood to uh, have Christmas. So that's pretty cool. 
All right, NASCAR news story. I'm, I wanted to do this because you're on this week, all right? Actually, I, I wrote in here that it was last week, but it was a week before last. Ryan Blaney. Ryan Blaney was originally disqualified for an illegal shock on his car. And at first, they believed the left front shock did not meet standards, and they disqualified disqualified. Disqualified, you know, he's, he's a playoff driver. Uh, he's one of the eight guys remaining with a shot at winning the Cup Series championship. Uh, he finished six at Las Vegas. He was 56 below the cut, and after disqualification, he's, you know, he's 17 points back and seventh among the eight remaining title contenders. Then what did NASCAR do? Well, they decided to go to revert reverse their decision did, did somebody did somebody uh qual or uh, con- contest that i think penske did uh and from what i understand it was nascar said that the way that they checked this is a little convoluted and, right. and they accepted that but i was trying to remember a time when nascar made a decision they handed down a, a penalty like that and then decided you know what we were wrong. That, it's that, been a while. That never happens that NASCAR is wrong. And, and, I, and they admit it, you know? And the, the issue was with a damper template. Now, a damper is a shock absorber, right? And I would think that the template would be a flat piece of metal with two studs sticking out of it. And you drop the shock down over it, and either it's right or it's not right. And apparently it's different than that. I'm going to have to ask somebody that really knows what's going on about this. And I remember when this came out, I was reading that it was... An inch too low, I believe. I mean, it was something very... That's that's crazy. What sounds yeah. minor. I'm sure it was a big technical advantage. Maybe, maybe not, but... Well, if you're pinning down the left side of the car with it, you know, left front or something it, like get that. Get it closer to the... Yeah, to the surface, right? Yeah, if you don't, you know, if you don't want the, you want the spring to stay compressed. It's like it's almost like putting a jack bolt on the front spring, and you don't adjust the front yeah. springs on the car. Right. So, um, anyway. So they said, uh, all right, they restored it, and he finished second last week. Which really helped, uh, you know, if if that penalty had upheld, that really would have hurt his chances in the uh, oh, yeah. overall yeah. championship chase. He was so. still upset. He said Denny Hamlin used him up last week. Yeah. <laughs> but you know Surprise what? That's, that's, that's racing. It is. It that's is. racing. You get the guy's side drafting you. You can't get by you, and you, it makes you race harder, and, hey, that's the way it goes. Yeah, it's uh, it makes for... Good TV. Yeah, you know? it, it certainly did. So we'll see what he does this week. Now, I can't say I approve of this or even think it's actually a good idea, but it's clever. There's a Jeep owner who attends Texas Southern University in Houston, and he doesn't want to pay high prices for a campus parking permit. I guess the permit was 250 a quarter or a semester or a year. I don't know what it was. But anyway, anyway he went on the Internet and got an EV plug like you would have on your garage wall to hang your <laughs> your charging plug on. Now, I've got one on my garage wall, except it's also got a place to hang the cord on, so it's pretty big. But you, apparently you can buy just the little square part that the plug goes on. And he screwed one of those on the side of his Jeep, and he parked where all the electric vehicles were and plugged in the cord. I, I'm not mad at all. That's clever. I mean, that, that's like we we're just talking about NASCAR and the gray areas, and that yeah, is absolutely something. That is a gray area. This guy could become a crew chief. Well, he, he would if he wasn't so stupid as to put it on well, that's, social that, media. that's the thing. Then he that's bragged the about it. You know, he said, look what I did. I plugged this thing in, and, <laughs> you know, I, I, I bet he has to walk to school now. 
I bet they've got him parked in uh, uphill, Dallas or something. Uh, uphill in the snow both ways. Both ways. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty clever, I thought. You know, if you need a fake a fake EV plug for your classic muscle car, you know where you're not going. You're not going to uh, the folks at year one. Um, do you get class? Do you get parts for your Lincoln and other things at year one? I've been to Cornelia. I've bought some stuff from year one, but not for the Continental. No, you, I don't think you can get anything. <laughs> you might be able to get some Ford generic stuff for the Continental. And, and you told me you've got a manual for that car that will actually kind of let you see if uh, some of the parts on the Continental are right. just for the Continental or for other cars. That's, that's the that tricky era. part because, you know, a, a part for a, for a Lincoln is $200, but the same part for a Ford might be 30 <laughs> Yeah. 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 Funny how that works. Isn't yeah. It? Mr. $10,000 in 1956 car. Anyway, they do have electric trunk releases available for a classic Chevy Nova. And if you get creative, this this trunk release can be used for several different GM cars. Back in the day, there were a lot of similarities in parts between the Nova and the Camaro. Right. And, you know, if if you look at this stuff closely, you can usually use it. You know, all the trunk latches is a solenoid with a bracket on it. You can probably make it work your car uh you know make it work on your car so check them out at yearone.com uh they provide our podcast every week and they also help us out with bud's garage overdrive the podcast and are are on there every week Uh, and they know what they're talking about they're in cornelia georgia you can go online dial in your car you know check out the parts for your car or a car similar to yours and uh make this stuff fit so check them out at yearone.com All right, we'll be right back here at Bud's Garage on AM 550 and FM 102.9-WDUN. Welcome back into Bud's Garage, presented by Oakwood Tire and More and Complete Auto Parts. Locally owned, nationally backed, and happy to serve you. Our next guest is uh, David Hornsby from Hardy Chevrolet. He is the man uh, that can tell you about commercial truck sales. And Cody, we're going to talk a little bit about commercial trucks because you're going to need one here one of these days. Uh, David, welcome into Bud's Garage, man. Hey, bud. Uh, what What is your official title at uh, Hardy Chevrolet? Uh, actually, your boss wants to know that. And how long have you <laughs> been in your position? Uh, commercial truck sales manager. I've been here a little over 10 years. I've been doing this for 32 years. Ooh, wow. I, I did not realize until you were talking to my son Aaron at the, at the track at Petit Le Mans. We were camping together. I did not realize what was involved in ordering a commercial vehicle, you know, if you've got a business or a fleet. And, uh, you know, now now seems to be the time of the year to update your fleet. Would that would that be correct with tax season right around the corner? Yeah, everybody waits to the last minute in December and makes that decision. And it's usually too late. The, the inventory's been picked over by then. Well, you know, I, we, we were wondering something. I'll let, I'll let Cody ask you this. If you order and pay for it before the first of the year, um, is it tax deductible? Yeah, right now tax code section 179 still is in place with the IRS. Uh, You 
can, I'm not an accountant, but you can write off up to a half a million dollars is what I understand on equipment purchases if you're a business owner. Wow. As long as you pay for it before the end of the year, right? Well, if you want it in this fiscal year, that's correct. Yeah. Do you have to take delivery of the vehicle before then? You do, yes. Oh, that, could, that gets a little sticky then. Like if you need 50 trucks. Right, yeah. Uh, what is involved in a company ordering a number of fleet trucks? Let's say I want six trucks. I give you a call, and the, I own a plumbing company. What, what, what can you, how, do you, how would you go about advising me? First, I would uh, find out if you've got a fleet number with General Motors, and if, if not, if you're buying six, you're going to automatically qualify. You've got to buy five in one year. Okay. So we'd get that fleet number, and that'll help get um, the order pushed through on the fleet side because if you just order them as retail, it could take a long time for them to come in and place those orders. Also, you're going to get a better warranty. It's um, Instead of five-year 60,000 powertrain, you're going to get a five-year 100,000 mile if you are, you are a fleet customer. Now, I, I may be wrong about this, but if you order a fleet truck, you're not ordering like what's what's your top dog as far as the Silverado goes? What what is that? What is it called? High Country or or yeah, the High Country. The High Country. When you when you're getting a, a commercial truck, you don't order a High Country. You get a commercial truck. Is that correct? Uh, if well, you're again on the fleet customer, they can order anything they want under their fleet number. Oh, they can. Um, okay. And it qualifies anything that we sell. Yeah. So if 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 they don't if do most of your fleet guys want plain Jane trucks? I guess that's where I'm going. They want plain Jane trucks, or do they want the the high Sierra uh, deal? Yeah, it's it's usually just a, the work truck package. You know, a white truck is typically what what is ordered. And then the owner usually wants the high country for himself. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, do they save do they save money by getting the 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 you know the the white truck? Uh. Well, yeah, work truck's going to be a lot less than a, than okay. a high country, of course. That's, that's what I was thinking. Okay. Does Chevy offer every type of vehicle required uh, for different fleet needs? So whether you have a lawn service or a plumber or anything like that? Yeah, we could pretty much meet the needs for any industry, uh, you know, up to a 7500 series, as big as we go. What What is a 7500 when you're talking tons? What's the uh, capacity of it? That's going to be a truck that's got air brakes and 22, two and a half inch tires, kind of like a tractor trailer. And the load capacities can vary, but typically you're going to be talking about a 36,000 pounds EBW. Hmm. Okay. Our guest right now is uh, David Hornsby from Hardy Chevrolet. We're talking about commercial truck sales. Um, how about one one offs? Let's say I, I've got, I need a heavy duty record to tow tractor trailers. Can you set me up with something that big? I didn't hear you, bud. I'm sorry. I can't hear it. Okay. I'm sorry. How about one-offs? Do, you know, if, if I needed a heavy-duty uh, truck to pull tractor trailers or something like that, I wanted to build a wrecker, can you, can you build that for me? I can't do a tractor trailer. No, we don't do anything in that, in that realm. Not that big. All right. So, no, that's a Class 8. Okay, so you could, you could still build me a, a, a wrecker if I wanted a specific kind of wrecker for, for hauling regular stuff, you know, not tractor trailers. Yeah, we can do wrecker flatbeds up to 24 foot. Okay. What, what is the hot number now as far as wreckers and, and, and flatbed trucks? Uh, you know, for a while, everybody wanted crew cabs. Now I see a lot of cab overs. So tell us some of the, uh, 
the advantages of a COE truck? Yeah, the cab over's got a much better turning radius. It by far is the best turning. So I think landscapers love them because they're in neighborhoods and trying to make tight turns and whatnot. So you can have a long body and make an unbelievable turn with it. So cool. And they're also easier to service because that cab tilts over and then you have instant access to that entire engine and transmission. Huh, hadn't thought about that, but yeah, you're right. Uh, Cody, you, you do uh, you do pressure washing and stuff on the side. That We we need to get you and David together to get ready yeah, for the new yeah, truck. Yeah, uh, a, a cab over is something that we've wanted to do for a while uh, just because of the smaller footprint and you can really have more tools and equipment, but less of a less of a truck well, yeah. now, now you know where to go oh yeah now david when you're specking out the trucks are you are you are you limited by the you know uh typically when you're ordering a truck or even a car they come with an engine package that meets meets a certain transmission package that meets a certain gear ratio in the rear end do you have much flexibility as far as changing those around if somebody wants to change gear ratios or engine types that type of thing yeah, when we get into our medium duty class, which is 4,500 to say 6,500, you can you can change those gear ratios around. You can order different weight capacity axles uh, and set it up for your individual need. Now you use aside from Chevrolet. I, I should have pointed this out. Aside from from Chevrolet making the cabin chassis, you've got a whole bunch of vendors that you that you deal with that can put on the plumbing truck package or the landscape package or the towing, uh, you know, uh, make a wrecker out of something. Uh, you know, how, how many different vendors do you use to put truck bodies and stuff on? I'd, I'd say we have about a dozen different vendors that I use, and just depending on the body and, and what it is that somebody's wanting to do uh, dictates how, how we're going to go with those vendors. So if somebody doesn't have an idea of exactly what they're looking for as far as uh, you know toolboxes access panels all this different stuff that you see on a service truck can they come in and look at pictures or or catalogs or whatever with you and say yeah that's that's what i want on my truck well they can do that or they can just walk out here on the yard i've got over a hundred uh set up ready turnkey to go and, and a lot of different variations but if they want to do something even more custom than that, yeah, we can go to the catalogs. All right. What, what, what are some of the trucks you got on the lot right now that we can tell people about in case they're in a particular business that they can just come and get it? Yeah. We have uh, service bodies, open bodies. We have an enclosed service body. It allows you to walk inside, keep everything dry on the interior. Right. Uh, flatbed gooseneck bodies, a combination flatbed gooseneck that has also utility bodies on the side. We have dump trucks. We have box trucks and all kinds of lengths and variations i think that and we got oh the landscape body trucks too i've got those enclosed and open body as well okay so they have the ramps and stuff on the back for the to take the mowers up and all that kind of stuff cool that's deal. right all right how can folks learn more about all the cool stuff that's going on at uh Hardy chevrolet in the commercial side well, they can give us a call or they can go to our website, hardychevrolet.com, and there is a commercial tab, and all of that inventory is there with pictures and descriptions. Or they can just give me a call, like I say, up here at Hardy Chevrolet in Gainesville, Georgia. And remember what Charles Hardy always said. Well, remember, friends, for goodness sakes, if you're going to do it, let's do it with the Hardy boys. We love you, and we need you. We'll send some people your way to pick up a new truck. How's that? Thanks, bud. All right, man. Thanks for your time. Uh, we'll be right back here at Bud's Garage on North Georgia's News Talk, 
WBUN. Welcome back into Bud's Garage, presented by Oakwood Tire and More and Complete Auto Parts. From first responders to daily drivers, the parts, tires, repairs for what our town drives. Well, our guest right now is America's crew chief. Uh, that is Larry McReynolds. Larry, thanks for taking the time to be with us here at Bud's Garage. No, looking forward to it. And uh, I know we, you and I chatted way back at the Atlanta race in July about trying to pull it together and finally found a little time we could, uh, we could, we could get up and chat about some things well I, I, the one thing i wanted to ask you about a couple weeks ago ryan blaney got disqualified for an improper shock after a, after review by nascar and they changed their mind on that when was the last time they've changed their mind on something like this well that's a great question um uh, i'm not i'm not sure one jumps in my mind uh you know of course we've only been in the era of disqualification for a few years now, you mm-hmm. know, for, for a number of years, uh, when they found something, maybe they found it post-race at the racetrack, maybe they found it at the R&D Center back in Concord, North Carolina, uh, there was no disqualification. They maybe would take points away, take playoff points away, maybe a monetary fine, but it's only been, you know, over the last few years where if they found something in post-race at the racetrack, they could DQ a car, and I, and I kind of like it. Um, I guess for so many years doing the the TV broadcast, doing my radio broadcasts on Sirius XM NASCAR radio, it was always kind of frustrating. On Tuesday or Wednesday, we would have to explain to the fan or to the viewer or to the listener how this car still won the race, but his car was illegal. He still gets credit for the win. Now with his DQ, that doesn't exist. Once they deem you legal and you leave the racetrack, you know everything's on the up and up. But I also applaud NASCAR for realizing that they made a mistake with the Ryan Blaney car and they made it right after the Las Vegas race weekend. I think that says a lot about their integrity. They're, they're not too proud to go, you know what, we made a mistake. Our template was off and we're going to make it right. Uh, Larry, after after. After almost two years of competition that we've had with this Gen 7, what is your opinion of the new car and the, the cost of it, the durability, the safety, different things like that uh, in comparison to the previous generation car? Yeah, that is, a, that is an interesting question because there, there's a lot of different areas of, about this next-gen car. I think from the safety standpoint, with changes that we made at the end of last year uh, to the rear of the car, changes we've made this year to the front of the car to give it more crush, where it's not as, as solid on a, on a rear impact or a front impact, I think we've come a long way. And you just look at some of the wrecks that some of our drivers have been through. You, you look at what Ryan Priest went through on the final lap of the race at Daytona several weeks ago, I think we've checked a lot of box with the safety of this car. Now, with that said, 
And, and I know this for a fact, NASCAR never quits. They will always continue to take cars that are involved in severe accidents back to the R&D center and go, what can we do better? What can we be better? So I think we've come a long way in a short time with that. Because you go back to last year, we had some rear impacts that that car actually should have continued racing, but yet the driver couldn't because he basically got a, a concussion. Alex Bowman, most notably, at Texas last fall. So I think we've come a long way with that. Competition-wise, how can you argue with the competition? If, if you take and go back to the old car, probably there's no way Michael McDowell wins a race like he just did at the, the, uh, the Indianapolis Road Course. Look at some of the other drivers that's been very competitive. I think about how competitive Corey LaJoy in the seven car with Spire Motorsports, they've been at the Super Speedway. You go, go back to the old car, the gap between the have and the have-nots is just too big. But I think because NASCAR has put these teams in a much smaller box of things they can work on, I think that's closed the gap on the competition. And I think the number of winners we had last year, the number of winners we've had this year, speaks for itself. I don't think there's no way with the old car, Trackhouse Racing comes in here and in three years, they've won the races that they've won. I don't think 23-11 wins the races they run. They still got a driver that's in the playoffs with Tyler Reddick. It's still alive. I, I don't think that happens with the old car. The cost, that still seems to be up in the air. Uh, based on the owners I've talked to, it just hadn't been a cost cutter. But with that said, you and I both know the owners are their worst their worst enemies when it comes to spending money. You know, no matter what you do, what rules you make, these teams, which bleeds down to the owners spending money, they're going to figure out how a way to spend it. If you keep them from spending it here, they're going to figure out how to spend it over here, even if they think they can just get a little bit of an advantage over the competition. So I think all in all, I give this car a lot of high marks. I think we still have some work to do on the arrow side at the shorter tracks, the, the one mile tracks, the road courses, but I do know that's being worked on. I know there's a big test at Phoenix after the season in early December, where they're gonna take several teams out there and try some things on the arrow side to try to help the short track racing. What do you think's uh, next for uh, 2024? What changes are we gonna see? What's, you know, Crystal ball you know, time. I think we always have to look at what we can do to be better. But honestly, I think the sport is at a pretty good place. I'd like to just see it, let it, let it breathe for a while. Let's, let's let it grow. And, and honestly, I think that's what the fans would like to see. You know, change is good. I've always said people that embrace change, they're the people that's going to prevail and succeed. Because if you're not changing and you're not growing, you're not only going to stay the same, but you're actually going to digress. But I think we're at a point, other than what I talked about a while ago, doing something to help the racing, to help the arrow of this car at our shorter racetracks, I'd like to just let it breathe. You know, we, we've got a little bit of changes with the schedule next year. Uh, 
the playoffs are going to have a little different look. We're going to have Atlanta and Watkins Glen in the first round of the playoffs. We're going to go to Iowa Speedway uh, in late June. Uh, that's really the only major schedule change. We're going back to North Wilkesboro for the all-star race, which I love. We're going to go back to the Chicago street course with Cup and Xfinity. But I think we're at a pretty good place other than just some adjustments. Let's let this thing breathe for a while. Let's don't have to educate the fans on more major changes with anything. That sounds like a plan. How can folks keep up with Larry McReynolds? <laughs> I believe I'm on FS1 24-7. I feel like Jerry Lewis sometimes when he does a telethon. But love what I do for Fox. Love what I do for FS1. Of course, uh, Monday through Friday on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio Channel 90. Uh, Danielle Trotta and I, we co-host a show called On Track. We've been doing it now for going on five years. Wow. Uh, you can follow me on what they call X. I still kind of call it Twitter uh, or Instagram, at uh, LarryMac28. And then the website, we revamped it a number of months ago, LarryMacReynolds.com. We try to do some neat things with the website. And uh, if you're looking for that special message, for maybe a friend or a fellow worker or a relative, a happy birthday, happy anniversary, good luck, uh, all of those things. I'm actually on Cameo doing Cameos. So really enjoyed doing that with the fans the last year or so. So what do you do in your spare time? <laughs> I try to have a meal and maybe take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> well, Larry, thanks for taking the time to be with us here at Bud's Garage. We really appreciate it. It was my pleasure. Thank you, guys. We'll be right back here at Bud's Garage on North Georgia's News Talk. WDUN. Welcome back into Bud's Garage, presented by Oakwood Tire and More and Complete Auto Parts. Where the pros and the folks who know go for parts, tires, and service. Bill, do you know what I didn't mention right at the beginning of the show? Uh, you didn't mention where Tim is. Uh, Tim, Tim's got tractor back still, I think. Oh. He's, he's, he's backing him, still aren't getting along. He's managing it, and that's why I had Cody come in and... He is the master of mowing. He is the master of mowing. He probably needs to get him like a custom fit seed or something like that. Well, I think either that or just get more goats. Yeah, he's, he's talked about that too. A couple hundred goats ought to take care of it pretty well. He likes to take them for rides. Yeah. So that would work out good. He'd need a bigger truck. No, we just wish he uh, wish him well. Hope he gets, uh, gets back in the saddle, so to speak, uh, shortly. But uh, that back stuff's no fun. No. No, because people don't, you know, you look normal. Well, Tim, I'm not sure Tim looks yeah. normal, but I'm just saying that. He looks good for radio. Yeah, yeah, he's perfect for radio. But, you know, you're, you're walking around, you, you ache, and you're, mad, and you're aggravated, and you're taking, you know, ibuprofen, or you're getting shots or whatever, and it just doesn't go away. Yeah, take it from two people to know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know what we might do? We might want to get him one of those things. Have you ever used the, the thing that stretches your neck out? The, you, it's like a... Uh, I, I when I when I messed up my neck, I had a, a water bottle that with a pulley that you'd hang on the door, and it would put weight on your. It had a, a thing that went under your chin, and it would, you know, would stretch your neck out. 
Kind of like the Adams Family Rec Room. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I, I thought I'd get taller from it, but it, it never did work. Well. <laughs> but, you know, we could put one of those on the roll bar in his tractor. Yeah. Yeah, like a noose type. Why don't you just set something up on your lift in the garage and just lower the lift yeah, a little bit? And, yeah, yeah, we could do that. Yeah, you know. Stretch them out. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. I got an inversion table. I'll, I'll rent that to him. There you go. There we go. All right. <laughs> Cody, have you had enough? <laughs> You know, I'm, it just I'm, gets crazier and crazier. That's all I can say. I just didn't know that I could get tractor back. You, you absolutely can. That, that's that's scary. <laughs> well, you know what it is time for, Bill and Cody. It's time for some pre-winter car checks. All right. Cooler weather affects your TPMS. Do you know what TPMS is? I'm almost afraid to ask you, Bill, but go ahead. You're getting personal about my morning routine. No, 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 but... no, no, no. Oh. <laughs> no, that's tire pressure monitor sensors. Oh, that TPMS. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Fill your tires with nitrogen, nitrogen, not nitrogen, nitrogen. Also a good time to check uh, if you need new tires. Oakwood Tires website has several tire sales and rebates going on right now. And, uh, you know, it's a good place to check, so check it out at Oakwood Tire. They can take the air out of your tires, put nitrogen in. And you know the, you know the, the benefits of having nitrogen, don't you? Cody? Well, yeah, but, you know, you actually have to take out the summer air and put in the winter air. Something like that. Okay. <laughs> well, the, the nitrogen stays stable, and it won't drive you crazy when the weather gets cold because your tire monitors say your tires are low. And don't put helium in them because then your car will just float right away. Yeah, be like that Flubber movie. Yeah. No, you, you, you probably, how many versions of Flubber was there? I believe there were only two, but there was a sequel to the original Flubber, which was Son of Flubber. But Son of as far as remakes, there was only one remake to my to my recollection. If you hang around here too long and you've got a trivia question, this is the man. I will turn your mind to flubber. To flubber. <laughs> and why is that, Bill? Why are you so <laughs> adept at at trivia? Well, my full-time job, uh, Bud, is I am the uh, game coordinator for DJ Trivia. We're a nationwide trivia company that uh, generates games weekly in your listening area. So just type in a zip code at our website, djtrivia.com, and find a free family-friendly game for you. All right. Let's get back now to car checks, all right? Areas to lubricate before we start having colder weather. Larry is on your car to lubricate. Okay. Bill's giving me that look here. Weather, weather... Uh, Weather strip and window tracks. What I meant was window tracks, all right? Not the felts. You don't want to get silicone on <laughs> them. But you spray it down into the window tracks, and then you wipe it off your, your, you know, the edges of your window. Um, do it with the window down, I would say. Let stuff run down the tracks. You agree with that? Well, there's nothing worse than uh, putting your window down when it's 30 degrees for something. Yeah. And it doesn't go back up. <laughs> or it tears a trim off on the yeah. way down, especially electric windows. Mm. You know, that if something goes wonky with your crank down windows, you can realize it. But, boy, once you push that button, you know, it's... Uh, it's committed. It's committed. Uh, door and hatch seals. You use silicone spray on that. That's the rubber around your, your door, and it goes up your A-pillar of your car. I use a stuff called... Uh, you seen this Formula 303? I have. I've never used it. Okay. It comes... Remember, Bill, when, when we used to polish our shoes with the little squeeze bottles that had a foam applicator on the end of them? Uh, white shoe polish used to come in them. I don't wear and, shoes. I have to polish. <laughs> what do you polish your feet? <laughs> you just don't wear shoes. No, I, anyway, I wear it's, the it's shoes like I wear. Nurse, I, my sister was a nurse, and she used yeah. to get this white shoe polish. We used to write the numbers on our race car at the drag strip with it, and it's the same type of applicator. It's got a little square foam thing on the end with a slot in it and it comes out it doesn't get all over the place like spray okay door locks dry teflon lubricant spray it right into where the the key goes all right um 
Door and hood hinges use white lithium on them. And this is something I hadn't thought about. Fuel tank door hinges. You know, where you where, not fuel tank, fuel filler door hinges. They got little bitty springs on them. And, you know, this, this may sound off the wall living here in the South, but if you live where they use salt and stuff like that, it eats this stuff up. And just spray a little WD-40 on and then put some white lithium on them and, and away you go. Mm-hmm. And you know where you get all this stuff? I would go to uh, Oakwood Tire and more. No, and they'd do it for me. Well, you could do that too. I'd say go in, guys. Do it winterizes for me. I'll I'll wait in the shop here for a little bit and play Candy Crush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're going to go to Complete Auto Parts and get all these different sprays and stuff. Oh, sure, yeah. And uh, Complete Auto Parts has three locations uh, to serve you: Gainesville, Clarksville, and Cornelia. Check them out at CompleteAutoParts.com. They got to put all of those lubricants together in a kit. And call it the Bud Hughes Car Winterizing Kit. All right. I'm good with that. Yeah. I'm good with that. Give them a call. I'll do it. Okay. I know. You're going to want a kickback from it. Well, you know, fair is fair. Well, all right. (laughs) Cody, I got my December Motor Trend magazine. This is why I never know what day it is, what year it is, what, you know, where I am. I'm not, I'm not quite Joe Biden yet, but, you know, this, is, this is, gets me so confused. I got my December issue of Road and Track or Motor Trend. I can't remember which one now. But they did a, a, a road test of the 2024 Corvette E-Ray. Do you know what the E-Ray is? Very little. Okay. But, uh, take I know a, it's an yeah. EV. Take a, take a regular Corvette, okay? Not the Z06. Right. Z06 supercharged. Take a regular Corvette and... Where the front wheels are, put an electric motor in there that makes 160 horsepower. Wow. And then you put the batteries in the console, you know, where you would normally have your shifter and stuff. Yeah. But they're not really batteries, they're supercapacitors. So what happens is there is no physical connection between the electric motors and the gasoline engine. Really? Okay. The electric motors are on their own with the supercapacitors, and the gasoline engine is what you drive on most of the time. Now, it has a, a button that you push, and when you push that button, the motors up front are charging the capacitors. And as they charge the capacitors, and you accelerate uh, with, with the proper settings on the car, the front motor will kick in, and it gives you more horsepower and more torque than a Z06. Wow. But it only gives it to you for a short burst. I'm sure they learned this stuff in IMSA. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So you've got, like... Four minutes of battery on this car. So we're not the four minutes, four miles, whatever. But if you're on the track, like a Petit Le Mans, or you're on the track at Road Atlanta, let's put it that way. You're on the track and you want to you, you go hard on the car going into the straights, it'll be charging the supercapacitors right. as you're going down the straight. Then when you go into the corner and you come out of the corner and you nail the throttle, the electric motor comes in and helps pull you out of the corner. So it sounds like electric nitrous. Kind of like that. I hadn't thought about that. Electric yeah. nitrous. Yeah. Okay, we'll think of it that way. But it's a good combination. They cost about 106 to 110, which is a little less than the Z06, but it's got the Z06 body, the good brakes on it. And uh, it's kind of a gentleman's uh, race car. You can drive it normal most of the time, and you know you don't have to deal with 670 horsepower all the time. Well, it, it's interesting because uh, you know you can still have fun with a car like this and still have EV technology, it's just not fully electric. No, that's right. It's not plug-in and it's, you know, it's not a, people are going to call it a hybrid. It's not really a hybrid because there's no connection between the gas right. and the electric. But 
Uh, anyway, that's, uh, I thought it was a very interesting thing. All right. Uh, year one provides our podcast every week. If you need parts for your classic muscle car, maybe a gift certificate for Christmas. It's coming up. And speaking of podcast, uh, Bud's Garage Overdrive, part one and two with Larry McReynolds will be coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, Cody, you've been doing NASCAR history articles online. Tell us about your newest one real quick. Real quick, uh, my most recent article I wrote for my website, peachstatespeed.com, uh, talks about the relation of the first major U.S. gold rush and the first NASCAR championship and how they are both related to the same family. Did you know that? I did not know that. Now you do. Huh. I did know that the, you know, the discovery of the toothbrush was in Delonica, but I did not know that. Did you know that? Anywhere else else it would have been called a toothbrush. That's it for the week, Bill. All right. Remember to keep between the ditches, shiny side up. We'll see you next week right here at Bud's Garage on AM 550 and FM 102.9. WDUN. Have a great week and thanks for being with us, Cody. Thank you.